The biggest battle we will ever have to face is the battle between you and you. It's the battle of taking your mind to that limit and then breaking through. On the Mindful Experiment podcast, we will share concepts, universal laws, and interviewing individuals who have done just that, who have gone through the dark times and through those moments, allowed their light to shine bright. I'm your host, Dr. Vic Manzo, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and taking this journey with me as we discover different avenues to break through those limits, expand your reality, and evolve into the person you desire to be. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Dr. Vic, and you are listening to The Mindful Experiment. I am excited to have this guest on. Um, as soon as I heard his title, being a mental success coach and the cutting-edge leadership consultant, trainer, and researcher, I was like, yes, this is right up my alley. Um, these are things that we talk about a lot on the podcast about mindset overall. That's the whole mindful experiment. That's the whole entire uh, podcast. And so we had the opportunity to interview Ryan Gaffordson. And like I said, he's a mental success coach and a cutting edge leadership consultant, trainer, and researcher. He helps improve organizations, leaders, teams, and employees by improving their mindset and mindfulness. Um, he's currently a leadership and management professor at the California State University in Fullerton, and he holds a PhD in organizational behavior and human resources from Indiana University. And he has a bachelor from Bring Brigham Young University. He's also a former Gallup Inc. consultant where he has helped dozens of organizations improve the engagement of their employees. Ryan and I had a lot of fun. Um, I had a, I had fun personally diving in and getting to know more about what he does and his assessment. You're going to hear a portion of the work of the episode. We talk a lot about his assessment and the importance behind the four different mindsets and how it plays a massive role in your life. I actually took it prior to uh, being on the show and it was kind of interesting to see where I really ranked at and how now what I need to do to help improve myself to get even better with my mindset. Because as you know, if you don't focus on mindset, um, you miss the boat. No matter what you do, it's never going to be what you desire to have because you didn't start with the being, which is the mindset, the mental lens, as he likes to say. And so really great episode. Get a pen and paper out. I highly recommend this is going to be a good one, a different change with a lot of research to help back up and give you some actual data about where you are and create awareness through his assessment, which I highly recommend utilizing. So without further ado, this is Ryan Gaffordson. Ryan, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. appreciate being on, Dr. Vic. I love having someone on who's all about mindset and doing the work that you're doing. So I know we're going to have some awesome uh, dialogue and conversation and really uh, make this an amazing episode for all the listeners. Yeah, it's fun to play in your sandbox. So thank you. <laughs> Tell me about it. So I always like to start with a question to just kind of how people got into something. What what kind of what interests you or what started to get you curious about mindsets and, and starting to do all the work that you've done with it? Yeah. So I uh I'm currently a professor at Cal State Fullerton and I teach and do research on leadership. And when I was going through my doctoral program at Indiana University, 
Um, and I was decided that I wanted to focus on leadership. I was reviewing the last essentially half century of leadership research. And the vast majority of this research focuses on, uh, on leadership behaviors, or in other words, what do leaders need to do to be successful? But I think uh, you would probably agree with me that leadership is more than just doing the right thing. It's being a certain type of person. And so I, I, I'm of the opinion that I think a lot of the leadership research and the leadership thought and development that's going on is primarily focused on just the doing element. And we're missing maybe the most important element of leadership, which is the being element. And so really for the last five or six years, I've been trying to figure out how do we capture this being element? And that set me on a journey where I finally I've, I got to a point where I've started to focus specifically on mindsets because what I've learned about mindsets is our mindsets are the mental lenses that we wear that shape how we view the world. And because they shape how we view the world, they shape how we think, how we learn, and how we behave. So they're really foundational to everything that we do. And, and that's and our, so our mindsets essentially are the critical component of our being that drives our success really in any area, whether it's leadership, family, work, uh, whatever it might be. And, and so I found it uh, so interesting because one, it's so powerful, but then two, it's so applicable to every aspect of our life. I love that. Yeah, it's so true, especially the whole the mental lens of your world, right? You have to see things in the mind eye first before you can experience in the world and how you see things within is how you're going to see things externally. Would you agree to that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And when when you say mindset, and I know we were just having, you know, before we jumped on, had a quick little dialogue. It's one of those things where how would you explain to somebody what mindset is in, 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 in full detail? Yeah, so I think the one of the basic ways to talk about it is to talk about our mindsets being our mental fuel filters, because every day we're bombarded by thousands, if not millions of stimuli, and it's our mindsets that filter select information into our brain, and the information that get, then gets into our brain goes on to fuel, as I mentioned, our thinking, learning, and behavior. So let me give you a few examples uh, of how this plays out. So where where people could come across different situations, one of those being challenge and failure. And, and you, we can identify people who see challenge and failure as things to avoid and run away from, whereas other people see challenge and failure as things to learn from. Mm -hmm. So depending upon how we see the situations, it's our mindsets that filter in whether challenge and failure is bad or whether it's something that's good and something we can learn from, Whatever gets into our brain is correspondingly how we think about the situation and how we respond. Um, and so there's, there's other things like disagreement. Well, some people see disagreement as being bad and they get defensive. Other people see disagreement as being necessary for learning and pushing our knowledge. Uh, another example is risk. How do people see risk? Do they see it as something to avoid or do they see it as something that's necessary for obtaining rewards? And then another one is, what about the people that they encounter on a day-to-day -day basis? Do they see them as objects there to kind of help them do their bidding? Or do they see them as people and do they value them as such? So really, every situation that we encounter, we're viewing our world through unique lenses and how we view the world 
then shapes how, how we interpret the situations, how we think about them, and then how we operate in those situations. I love that. Very simply uh, explained. Really good stuff there. And now, is there a good and bad to some of these things that you're mentioning, or is it just kind of like it just is? Yeah, it's a great question. So uh, I'll take you back just a little bit on my mindset journey. So when I started <laughs> to dive into mindset research, I found some really fascinating studies, uh, for example, where in one study, uh, participants watched a three-minute video about how stress is bad for them. Another group of participants watched a three-minute video about how stress is good for them. And it was all based upon academic research. And then what they did is they tracked their engagement in work, their performance at work, and their blood pressure over the next two weeks. And what they found is that those that saw the three-minute video showing how stress is good had higher engagement, higher performance, and lower blood pressure. And, and I'm coming across studies like this. It's just small little interventions are having massive effects on how people operate. And, and so I, I started asking myself the question, well, what mindsets do I need to have to be successful? And so as, as any good academic does is the first thing I did is I went to Google um, <laughs> and I type in what mindsets lead to success. And I, I found as I was looking through articles is the primary uh, thing that I found was that most of the articles that talk about mindsets, they don't actually talk about mindsets. They talk about behaviors. Mm. Uh, the second thing that I found is, is that most of the time, the terminology that they're using around mindsets is quite vague. So they're not really defining mindsets. And in fact, I was finding that some articles would promote one mindset while another article would promote essentially the opposite mindset. And so it left me a little confused. And so then I did what a really good academic does is I go into to the academic literature. And as I was uh, going through the literature, what I found is that mindsets have been studied for over 30 years in a variety of disciplines, including uh, psychology, management, marketing, and education. And the mindsets that are being studied in, in each of these spaces, they, they really weren't talking to each other. And so they were all focused on their own unique sets of mindsets and all finding the same things that mindsets drive our thinking and learning behavior. But again, they weren't really talking to each other. And, and so what one of the things that I've, I've found through all of this, through this research, is that each of these sets of mindsets that, that they're focused on, they really range on a continuum from negative to positive. That one side is truly negative and the other side is truly positive. And, and each of our mindsets falls somewhere along these continuums. And so we could walk through each of these sets of mindsets here in a little bit. But just to give a precursor is, is our, across each of these sets is our mindsets fall somewhere along this continuum. And if we can awaken to where we are currently at on the continuum, and if we can identify a more positive place to be, then we could start to start to chart a course between where we are now and where we want to go. And so there's a lot of, um, I, I mentioned this before we got on the call is I, I think most people use the term mindsets all the time, but if they're pressed about what mindsets they need to have to be successful, I think that's a di really difficult question for most people. But if we can awaken people to, to specific mindsets, put labels to them, it then empowers them to do something about their mindsets. I love that. And <clears throat> excuse me, I know you have 
you know, different variables of looking at mindset and, and all the stuff that you've done, even an assessment. Can you dive a little bit into that? Into the assessment? Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, how you analyze it with the mindset. You know, we, we were talking about before, like, you know, mindset and uh, looking at what is a mindset to be successful and, and all those things. Yeah. So I, I think, again, we what we've got to do is we've got to get people to assess people's mindsets. We've got to get them where they're seeing a situation and then we give them options in terms of how do they interpret that situation. And then based upon how they interpret that, uh, there's been validated measures uh, on these mindsets. And what I've done is I've put together these validated measures across these four sets of mindsets. I put them into one framework. And so I've got a mindset assessment that people could take if they're interested on, on my website, which is ryangoffertson.com. It's free. Anybody could take it. And you can go on and th- by taking 20 questions, you can get an assessment on four sets of mindsets and you can get your results. So where do your mindsets stack up relative to thousands of other people who have taken the mindset assessment? And this now becomes objective evidence about your mindsets. Uh, And because I think most of the time when we talk about mindsets, I mean, any discussion about mindsets is good, but most of the time it's kind of up in the clouds. It's, It's kind of hard to put your finger on it a little bit. But by having an assessment, now we could really put our finger on it. Now we could really dive into the core ideas. And then, as I mentioned, do something about it. Love it. And then just going back to my, my other question was, is that like with, with the, the assessment and things like that, positive, good and bad, it, 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 is it really more of just, you know, how do I put this in words? Like, for example, I took the assessment. So like there was one about fixed mindset versus growth mindset, right? Yep. Um, now, some people may say, well, I want to be in growth. I don't want to be in fixed. But is there like that kind of twist where it's like, no, but if you're doing these types of things, fix is better than growth in these certain situations, or is it just it's black and white? Growth is where you want to be versus fix and so forth. So I, I don't want to go so far to say that things are black and white because I don't think every I don't think anything is black and white. But at least the in the case of fixed and growth mindset, so just to define those really quickly is when we have a fixed mindset. We believe that we cannot change our talents, abilities, and intelligence. But when we have a growth mindset, we do believe that we could change our talents, abilities, and intelligence. And so what what ends up happening is when somebody has a fixed mindset, so they don't believe that they can change, well, when somebody has that belief and they encounter failure, the only way that they're left to interpret that situation is as though they are failures. So when somebody has a fixed mindset, they're primarily focused on looking good. They want to validate themselves because they don't want to be seen as a failure because they don't believe that they can intrinsically improve. And, and so when we have that this desire to, be, to, to look good, um, that usually has some negative, long-term negative consequences in terms of how we operate. And so across the 30 plus years of research on fixed and growth mindsets, uh, I've yet to encounter a study that has shown that having a fixed mindset is beneficial in almost any way. Um, and, and the thing about each of these mindsets was really interesting is we could, we could really, we could justify the negative mindsets and that's, and it's really easy to do so. I mean, we could ask ourselves, well, who wants to look bad? Well, nobody wants to look bad, but at the same time, if our primary focus is on looking good and we have that above and beyond learning and growing, well, we're just not going to be willing to take on challenges 
uh, in the same way as somebody with a growth mindset would. Gotcha. And that makes perfect sense. And I can see like, you know, my, in my eyes, I look at fix as like rigid and not allowing to accept like a change or allowing to evolve like we're designed to compared to growth where it's like, yeah, all day, every day. Yeah. And so you bring up a really good point. And I think this is where there's value on focusing on different sets of mindsets because, um, because I think, uh, I'll just give you an example. I think Carol Dweck's book, so she's got a book called Mindsets on Fixed and Growth Mindsets, a fantastic book. But really what she does in that book is she lumps together multiple types of mindsets. And so, as I mentioned, fixed and growth really re- uh, revolves around how you see uh, your ability to change. Are you able to change your talents, abilities, and intelligence? But then what you brought up is a different set of mindsets, which is the difference between having a closed mindset and an open mindset. So when we have a closed mindset, we're closed to the ideas and suggestions of others. But when we're open, we're open to those ideas and suggestions of others. So our minds, in this instance, with closed and open, it's really about how open our minds are to the, to the ideas of others. And one of the things that's really interesting about the closed mindsets is that the reason why people develop a closed mindset is because uh, they want to be seen as being right. Yeah. And when you, when you want to be seen as being right, now it becomes about, um, about I just need to demonstrate kind of my knowledge instead of ask questions. And, and really those with an open mindset, what they want to do is they want to think optimally. They want to come to truth. And so there's a difference between people who want to be seen as being right and those that want to come to truth. Those that want to be seen as being right, they're, they're not open to the ideas of others. Those that want to find truth, they believe that they can be wrong and thus they seek out different perspectives. I love that. I could see, I could see, because I did the assessment for the listeners who are wondering, and I could see where open mindset is a strong, like me being where I was on that. That was kind of interesting. No, and you could totally tell, I mean, just listening into your, your podcast is one, you're, you're great with asking questions. And so that's one of the aspects of an open mindset. But also as you look across the topics uh, across your podcast, is, is this, they're pretty wide ranging topics in the sense that you're open to exploring different perspectives on really the same topic. And how do people, different people come to that? And because ultimately, I think what you're trying to do, whether for yourself or for your listeners, is, is to come to truth uh, yeah. in a certain way. And, and I think that that's, you know, to me, that really came across as, as I've been listening to your podcast. So uh, hopefully that's uh, on base with what you're trying to accomplish there. Oh, no, definitely. Just trying to you get to a common truth. That's, that's what it's, it's, it's one of the basis of it. Um, I love that. Let, let's dive a little deeper into the, the assessment. So you guys, we talked about two mindsets, correct? We did the, the fixed growth yep. and we did the uh, closed open. Um, what are the other two that are there? That yeah, are- so the next one is called uh, prevention and promotion mindsets. So when we have a prevention mindset, we're trying not to lose. But when we have a promotion mindset, we're trying to win and we're seeking gains. And I think one of the big ways or one of the easiest ways to tell the difference between these two mindsets is if we use an analogy of a ship captain. So for a ship captain out at sea and we have a prevention mindset, our primary focus is on not sinking. So we don't want to have any problems. We don't want to take any risk. We want to maintain the status quo. In other words, we don't want to rock the boat because we're worried about our safety. But those with the promotion mindset, it's not that they're not worried about safety and they're not worried about sinking. 
but their number one objective is to get to a destination. And, and with that in mind, what ends up happening is they start to uh, anticipate problems. They become willing to take risks because they know that if they're going to get from where they are to, to their destination, they're, go- they're going to encounter problems. They're going to have to take risks. There's gonna, and, and the big difference between these two mindsets is that those with the prevention mindset, they get blown about by the winds and the currents of the sea. And they end up in a destination they they didn't necessarily choose. They just kind of ended up wherever they drifted to. But those with the promotion mindset, those are the ones when we have that destination in mind and we're headed towards it, we become willing to brave the winds and the currents of the sea. And, and we're, the, we're able to make progress and ultimately get to a destination of our own proactive design. And so really how people see... Um, kind of their world is, do they just try to avoid problems or are they seeking after a goal and making progress towards it? And that's really the difference between those two mindsets. Very interesting. Yeah. It's, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah, that's, that's just uh, that's a, a cool way of looking at things in that, that third level. Well, let me, let me just jump in. And so you asked the question earlier, are some of these, um, you know, is can prevention be good and promotion be bad and then vice versa? Yeah. So um, there's been enough studies on prevention and promotion mindsets that we have meta-analyses on these. So this is essentially where we're combining uh, dozens of studies into into one paper. And, and here's the summary of what we found over all of this research. And what research has found is that those people that have a promotion mindset are more motivated, they're more engaged, they have higher task performance, higher innovative performance, and lower counterproductive work behaviors. And and this is all significant. And then what we found with those with a prevention mindset is that there's really only one benefit that they found. And it's not an unimportant benefit, but there's only one benefit to having a prevention mindset, and that is lower safety incident rates. Um, So... So the evidence is, is quite clear that we're going to be much more successful if we have a promotion mindset. It's not that there's no benefits to having a prevention mindset, but if we're going to choose one of the two to have, it seems very clear uh, that a promotion mindset is, is more ideal. No, you could totally, I mean, I could agree with hundred percent with all that. Cause it's like one of the things where, you know, risk in the reward and knowing that, you have to take risks in life in order to gain the rewards of what you seek. Yeah. And and I think another way to think about it is it's being purpose centered versus comfort centered. Um, And I think ultimately those that have a prevention mindset, they're more focused on their comfort and and those with the promotion mindset, they're more, more focused on their purpose. No, I totally agree. I'm I'm writing a whole book on this. Well, not in this context of words, labels and stuff, but like how people avoid, um, the dark and, 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 and not want to tap into it and really see what that really gives us. And, um, again, comfort versus, uh, I forgot the other word you used, but, yeah, uh, but it's one of those things where we want to, most people want to be more comfortable rather than, I know I have to deal with pain and a life brings situations to me. And these are actually more of a benefit for me because it's helped me grow and evolve more and more. Yeah, and, and let me let me tell you an experience that I had recently. So I, I do uh, trainings for organizations and, and some consulting, and an organization brought me in 
recently and I had them had their top leadership team. So it was 40 members of the top leadership team. And I had them take the mindset assessment prior to the training. And, and what I do is I, I analyze the data prior to going into the training so I could present, here are their collective mindsets as a group. Mm. And, and their, their worst out of the four sets of mindsets, the worst kind of results were around prevention and promotion mindsets. So they, uh, two thirds of the top leaders had a prevention mindset and one third had a strong prevention mindset. So here in this culture, they've created a culture uh, where, where mistakes are vilified. So it, what they, and then as we started to talk about this, what I learned is that they felt very justified in having this prevention mindset because what they had learned is that the more mistakes and problems that they have with their clients, the more likely their clients are to leave and, and find a, a different provider. And, and so they become so focused on avoiding problems that, that that's really has become their culture. And, and they felt very justified in this. But, but then as we talked about it, I was able to help them to see, well, look, well, if, if you are so focused on preventing failure and problems, what happens when a problem does occur? Well, now employees are heavily incentivized to kind of brush it under the rug or hide it which probably isn't a good thing in the long run. We want those problems to come out so that we can deal with them effectively and so that we can make sure that they don't happen again. Also, we're able to talk about, well, if you're so focused on avoiding problems, how can you be creative and innovative? Because really the only way that you're going to be creative and innovative is if you allow for problems because we can't have creation, uh, creativity and innovation without uh, mistakes, without trials and failure. And then the last thing that we talked about was, well, if you're so focused on avoiding problems, you're probably not focused on actually pleasing the customer, um, that you're, you're doing everything in your power to make it so that they're not dissatisfied, but you're probably not doing anything that will make them satisfied or you're not adding any value there. So here, here's another situation where they just they felt really justified with their mindset and they were unable to see in that mindset the negative long-term implications of, of that negative mindset and, and so by by awakening to their mindsets now we now we hopefully get a sense of now we could do something about it what are what's our destination now and that's where our, our discussion led to was what destination do you want to want to have and how do we get there and by shifting that focus, it allows for them to start to be creative and innovative and start to actually drive value for their customers as opposed to just, just not having any problems for them. Yeah, I can definitely see how that works. I like that. Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, with the, the last one, just to tie it all into real quick, and I'll go back individually, ask more questions. Um, you have the inward versus the outward. And how does that play a role? What does that mean from a mindset aspect? And then how does that, you know, intervene with everything? Yeah, great. So those people that have an inward mindset, they see themselves as being more important than others. Um, and, and when we see ourselves as being more important than others, then we see others as objects. Um, and then the outward mindset is we see others as being just as important as ourselves. So their feelings matter just as much as our feelings. And when we have that type of a mindset, we're able to see people not as objects, but as people and really value them as such. 
And so it all comes down to how we see the individuals that we encounter. I like that. And so let's, we'll start with this one. So let's say, how do you help an individual get from inward to outward? Or is there a method or a strategy uh, that you utilize when you look at the assessment, you go through it all, and then you help working somebody through it? Yeah. So, I mean, we could go kind of deep <laughs> question, which, is, which is a great question. And and so I, I want to start deep and then come to the surface because Love I think it. one of the things you're asking is, is some practical tips, which I do want to give. But I think in order for us to understand the value of those practical tips, we've got to actually understand what's going on in our, in our, literally in our brains with regards to our mindsets. Yes. Our mindsets are, are simply their neural connections within our brain that we have used. We've started to use over and over again. And so they become rather strong connections. And so when we see a situation um, and when we see a situation, our brain just becomes mentally programmed to interpret it a certain way based upon the strong neural connections that we have is these stronger neural connections, they fire faster than our other neural connections. And so if we encounter, let's just say challenge and failure, um, just depending on what our mindset is or our neural connection associated with that mindset fires more rapidly. So let's just say our we're, we're normally attuned to seeing challenge and failure as things to avoid. Well, that's going to fire first. It's not as if our, we don't have neural connections that sees challenge and failure as a good thing. It's just that we have an overriding neural connection that sees it as a bad thing. And, and so what needs to happen if we want to shift our mindsets, we literally need to change the wiring in our brain. We need to, we need to stop using the strong negative neural connections that we've been using and start more consciously using the more positive less used neural connections. And the more that we use those positive, less used neural connections, the stronger they become. So literally, when we're shifting our mindsets, we're shifting and changing the wiring in our brain. And, and so what, how we do that is through small interventions repeated over time. So I, I don't know about you, but I don't speak German. Uh, do you speak German? No, I do not. Okay. But so, so my guess is that if you wanted to learn how to count to 10 in German and, and become fluent in it, my guess is that it probably wouldn't take too much effort to become fluent in German in terms of counting to 10, right? So yeah. it probably would take you about an hour, uh, maybe even not even that, just to learn the words one through 10. And then what needs to happen is if you're going to become fluent is you just need every day a little bit of practice and slowly over time, and it probably wouldn't take too long, you would become quite fluent in counting to 10 in German. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah, totally. Right? So this is literally what it takes to shift our mindsets is we just need to kind of understand the language and then little interventions over time allows us to strengthen our mindset. So that's kind of the deep level answer. Is that, do you think we've covered that? Okay. Oh yeah, no, totally. I, I, I you're speaking my love language. So all right. <laughs> and, and the <laughs> listeners, they've heard me go into this a little bit before. So this is good to have someone else be sharing deeper into it. Awesome. That's great. 
Okay, so then it, the practical tips then become what are the small interventions that we can engage in to shift these neural networks? And in the case of inward and outward mindsets, I think that um, introspective questions are have been the most powerful for me. Um, and let me give you some examples of these questions. So one question is very basic, which is you in any situation you can ask yourself, am I being inward or am I being outward? Uh, and that would just give you a pulse of, okay, where am I standing? Or you could ask yourself, am I seeing them as an object or am I seeing them as a person? Uh, another great question uh, comes from Brene Brown in her book, um, Rising Strong. And, and her question is, do you think in general that people are doing the best that they can? And this is a really powerful and interesting question. So in fact, in my in the classes that I teach, I ask my students this on the first day of class. And every semester, 90% of the students, I actually have them stand up and move to a side of the room. 90% of the students stand up and go to the side that people are not doing the best that they can. But And then 10% are, feel like people are doing the best that they can. And this is a really interesting question because what Brene Brown has found is that those people who don't think that others are doing the best that they can, they struggle with perfectionism and shame. Hmm. Whereas those that see others as doing the best that they can, they are much more likely to live what she calls a wholehearted life. And let me give you an example in, in terms of how this plays out and how it's played out for me. So, and I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm honestly ashamed to admit this, but, uh, <laughs> For most of my life, when I would pull up to a street corner and there was a homeless person standing there asking for food or help or whatever it might be, my, like I said, most of my life, I kind of saw that person as though they weren't doing the best that they can. Yeah. And when I saw them with that perspective, I got quite critical of them. And, and I would likely think, uh, or most instances, I would think, what are you doing just standing here. Why don't you go out and like get a job or something? Um, and, and I just, I just lacked empathy, uh, because of my mindset of seeing them as an object instead of as a person. But when I, but now after hearing this question, I can ask myself, are they doing the best that they can? And when I'm led to ask myself that and assume that they are, then it leads me to ask the question, what in the world has happened in their life that has led them to believe that standing on the street corner asking for food or help is the best way to live? And now when I ask myself that question, uh, I'm no longer critical of them. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, how can I help this individual? This individual has probably been through hell and back. And, and here I am in my you know, kind of my cush car and I've got, you know, Gatorade or power bar or money in my pocket or something uh, that, that ultimately uh, they could better use than maybe I could. Um, and, and so that's, I think just asking these questions and there's, there's others that are similar like that, that if you take the mindset assessment, then, then you could get a sense of some of these other questions. But I think those are three quick introspective questions. So am I, inward or outward, or am I seeing them as people or objects? And, and then do, in general, do I think that others are doing the best that they can? Um, and then let me uh, give you just one, another quick one, which is if we can ask ourselves, why am, how am I the problem here? Um, that's also a really powerful one because it forces 
you to see yourself at the same level as other people. It kind of it lifts, it brings us down a little bit and also lifts them up so that we're able to see them as others. So those are a few uh, questions that I think are really powerful with helping those mindsets. And the more we ask those questions over time, the more our brain will change the, the more we will change the wiring in our brain. I love it. The quality, the quality of the question you ask determines the quality of life that you experience. And <clears throat> it's, uh, excuse me, it's really, uh, I like the last one the most. It's a lot of all about self-responsibility. Yeah. Like what, how am I the problem into this? Yeah. Um, and, and that's huge. That's a, to me, I think that's a big shift game changer. Um, it, yeah. It, let me even, I'll point people, if anybody likes Ted talks, I'll point them to a talk by Benjamin Zander, who's the conductor, uh, the founder conductor of the Boston Philharmonic Orchestra, really eccentric guy. At the end of his TED Talk, he, he poses a question that I love. It's a beautiful question. And that is, who am I being that their light is not shining? Ooh. And, and it's just, if we can get to a place where we're able to ask that question, we, we're, we are in an outward mindset. Um, and I think that that's a really powerful question. I think that is that that's deep. I like that. I'm going to use that for myself. <laughs> right. uh, how can, you know, again, we'll, we'll, we'll go to the top and work back since we started at the bottom, unless you want to work backward down up from the, however you want to go. I'm open. Yeah, whatever. Okay. We'll go from, we'll continue. Uh, we'll go linear. We'll keep it linear. Uh, so, you know, the whole prevention promotion, I think we talked a little bit about this already of how to shift more into a promotion type mindset. Cause um, I mean, I love your questionnaire. I'm just skimming through it as I'm going through and I'm like, this is cool because it creates a lot of awareness uh, of where you are. And then here now we can share some tips on how we can uh, make some shifts and so forth. Yeah. I mean, let me, even before we get into some tips, let me just point out that one of the things that I think is really fascinating is that researchers have found and have suggested that 90% of our thinking, feeling, judging, and acting is driven by our non-conscious automatic processes. Wow. In other words, 90% of the time we are essentially operating on autopilot. Yeah. And, and what drives our autopilot? Well, it's our mindsets. And so if we can, uh, again, I'm glad you're seeing the value in the assessment because if we can awaken to our mindsets, now this gives us uh, options to do one of two things or both is one, it allows us to be more conscious a larger percent of the time. Um, because of what you said, we become more mindful and more self-aware of who we are. And then the second thing it is it does is it allows us uh, the opportunity to change our non-conscious automatic processes. So if our if our current autopilot is just a little off, well, we're probably not going to get to the destination as quick as we would like. But if we could change our autopilot by becoming conscious and making improvements there, now we could become much more efficient and effective with the things that we're doing. So, uh, so I'm glad you picked up on this this idea that. Really, when we dive into our mindsets, this is a, a self-awareness kind of awakening for us um, because, and it's a really deep introspection. Most of us haven't had the ability to introspect at the level of our mindsets because we haven't had a language to do so. Um, and so I think that, the, you know, this is a really powerful tool, tool for self-awareness. 
Yeah, no, I, and I think anytime you're trying to solve or grow or expand or take next level, you got to know where you're at. And I think that's where an awareness just comes in with it. And I think that's really huge uh, in this whole perspective of mindset and being able to evaluate it in different levels and different arenas or different areas. Are, are you familiar with a woman named Tasha? And I may pronounce her last name wrong, but I think it's Tasha Urich. No, not that I know of a fan. Okay, so she's I've kind of seen her quite a bit uh, making the rounds. She's got a TED Talk out. And one of the things that I think she just published a book and, and she focuses on self-awareness. And through her research, uh, she found that 95% of people think that they're self-aware, <laughs> right? So yeah. <laughs> that is surprising. I think almost everybody thinks that they're self-aware. But then she found that only 12 to 15% of people are actually self-aware. So, you know, one of the phrases that she says is essentially 80% of people are lying to themselves about themselves. Um, And and, and so I find those statistics really fascinating. And as I work with primarily business leaders is what I find is that most business leaders, they think that they're the hero in their organizations. But statistics out there on leadership aren't that great. Uh, You know, 65% of people would rather have a new boss as compared to more pay. (laughs) So, I mean, there's all these leaders that are out there that they're thinking, I'm the hero, I'm doing an awesome job. But in reality, they're the villain uh, because they, they don't see that how they're operating is having a negative effect on the people that they lead because their their autopilot is is a little off and and their mindsets are a little bit too negative which causes them to think and behave in ways that that have negative implications for for the people that they lead um so uh yeah anyways i think that if we could just awaken to our mindsets it empowers us uh, to become more of the heroes that we want to be yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and I definitely agree with the stat too. Almost 80% plus people are not self-aware. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't have a number for my own experiences in, in what I see <clears throat> with individuals, but um, I should, I'm now I'm like, you know, I should look and see, let me just have some fun and uh, analyze this in some way. Um, but yeah, no, totally. Uh, I think it's, that's where it all begins. And so um, big stuff here. Uh, let me see. We went inward, outward. Well, we got the last one prevent, no prevention, promotion. We went over that one closed and open. Um, just diving into a little bit of how to, um, you know, the benefits of being more open and then what are things we can do to, um, kind of learn how to become more open mindset. Yeah. So I think, uh, let me give you a uh, suggestions and give your audience some suggestions on a couple of books that I think are absolutely fantastic. I, I would rank them up in the top business books I've ever read. Oh, wow. One of them is called Creativity Inc. It's by Ed Catmull. He's the president and CEO of Pixar Animation and then of Disney Animation once Disney bought out Pixar. Mm-hmm. And, and the second book is called Principles by, Ed, um, sorry, Ray Dalio, who's the mm-hmm. founder and CEO of Bridgewater Associates, the largest hedge fund of all time. Both of these individuals credit their success uh, largely to creating an environment of openness. Yeah. And and in the case of Pixar, as you, I mean, we've all seen the movies. We all love their movies with creativity and innov- I mean, they're 
incredibly creative. They're incredibly innovative in terms of their technology. And the reason why they've been able to do so is they've created a, a transparent and open environment. And so both of these books talk about how you do that within organizations. And then for me, I think one of the things that it did is it, it helped me understand that the value in being uh, in being open. And it allowed me to see the, this difference, as I mentioned earlier, about the difference between closed and open mindsets, where our closed mindsets were focused on being seen as being right. But when we have an open mindset, where we believe that we can be wrong, and thus we are able to seek after truth and thinking optimally. And so ultimately, we've got to kind of awaken to the idea of um, and, and really be comfortable with ourselves and confident in ourselves that it's okay to be wrong and it's okay to ask questions um, as long as we're seeking after truth and learning how to and desiring to get better. And, and so I think that those are a couple books or resources that I think if somebody's struggling with this, as I, I think that those would be great resources that would really help open up people's minds to seeing the value of taking on different perspectives. I couldn't agree. <clears throat> excuse me. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, Ray Dalio's book, I've read it last year. Really great book. Um, and Creativity Inc. Uh, is on my list. So definitely get a uh, put that up higher up now so I can make sure I read it. Move that up. I had it I had it <laughs> low on my list for actually like three years. That's about me. I read me. it um, in, for the first time in January and I loved it so much that I read it again. So I read it in the space of uh, twice in the space of a month because it was just, it was so good. Done deal. I'm going to have to do it. Yeah, it's been, out of, it's been on my radar for a little over two years. I'm like, I'll get to it eventually. You know, it's, there's other pressing books I want to get to. And now I'm like, all right, I got to read it. All right, do it. Good. Uh, uh, and uh, awesome. So how about, you know, last but not least, and then we'll tie it all, all this together too, but the fix versus the growth. And uh, I know you mentioned the, the importance of growth mindset versus fix, but how to make some changes in that if you are a little bit more fixed and so forth. Yeah. And this is, I think one of the ways that we can uh, open up to having a more of a growth mindset is we've got to start believing that we could change our talents, abilities, intelligence. And, and one of the ways that we could do that is, uh, I mean, is watching TED Talks on neuroplasticity. Uh, I mean, there's, I, there's probably a dozen or more of them out there. All of them are really good, at least the ones that I've seen. And it just helps us see, oh, my goodness, I am capable of doing much more than I thought previously. Um, another, uh, another couple books uh, that I've read is one is The Brain That Changes Itself is a fantastic book. Um, I just got done reading another book called Peak, um, which, which essentially talks about elite performance is, is uh, largely about your ability to commit to it and, and engage in disciplined practice. Um, and, and so just by reading those things, I think it allows us to see, look, um, we're more capable of things than, than we might be naturally inclined to think. And the more that we feel like we can grow and develop and change ourselves, the more likely we're going to be to, to try to engage in the efforts to do so. And I love how you have, even with the, if you take the assessment, when you get your recommendations and suggestions you have, I love how you say, seek the small wins, right? Pick yep. something that's not too challenging and then just little wins at a time. Yeah, I think the people that I've worked with that have more of a fixed mindset is 
I'm, they're just a little defeated. Uh, they haven't had too many wins in their life. And so if we could just do something small to get them to see, look, you can succeed if you, uh, there's a great article that says, skip the 10,000 hour rule, go to the 20, the 20 hour rule. What suggests that in 20 hours, you can essentially become an expert on anything. Um, and now you, you know, you're a chiropractor, you can't become a chiropractor, but (laughs) you can, you can essentially become an expert in, let's just say neuroscience, as we've been talking about neuroscience is it just takes 20 hours to essentially get to know more than anybody, most anybody else. Um, and so if we could just create the small wins, uh, I think that that's, as you mentioned, really helpful for for people's confidence who who may have a fixed mindset. No, I totally agree. Um, now, one good question I don't, you might be able to answer this too is like, how are our mindsets kind of set in place? Like, you know, is it is it something from childhood? Is it something? Is it? We've been research on that. Like, why certain people have certain mindsets versus others? Yeah, the childhood plays a significant role. So research has found in the case of fixed and growth mindsets that how we are complemented as children shapes our mindsets into adulthood. So if children are complemented with you are so smart, for example, that makes them feel like their intelligence is an innate characteristics as opposed to something that they could develop. Um, a much better way to compliment our children, according to research, is to say, wow, you put forth a lot of effort. You did a really good job doing that type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so complimenting effort as opposed to who they are, putting labels on who they are is, is really powerful. So, But in addition to that, really our mindsets, the, the reason why I enjoy focusing on mindsets is because we call it a semi-stable attribute, is they are things that we can change but they, they are a little bit more challenging to change than, let's just say, emotions or moods, right? So, so once we change them, they have a tendency to stick around for a little bit. So throughout our lives, our mindsets are changing uh, over time. Um, so childhood is one factor. Uh, another big factor is our environment, uh, the culture in the, where we live, the culture where, where, where we work. Um, as I mentioned, our 90% of everything that we do is essentially on autopilot. So when we start to work at a new organization, our natural tendency is to try to fit in. And if that organization has a negative mindset, we'll unconsciously start to develop that, that same mindset as a way to kind of um, integrate into that organization. Um, and so, but but despite our upbringing, and despite the environments that we find ourselves in, we can consciously choose to develop the mindsets that are more positive uh, within those environments. So regardless of any situation that we find ourselves, we could choose to take on a negative mindset, but we could also choose to take on a positive mindset. And I think that that's um, one of the most empowering things about understanding mindsets is there's the, this is actionable, something that we could do to enhance our success. Uh, <clears throat> I love it. And I mean, I think um, that's why I was curious about the childhood thing and environment and stuff, because it kind of shapes who we are to a certain degree, but as the same token, we can always change things. 
um, especially from a neuroplastic aspect. Um, but it's one of those things where, you know, again, being aware and understanding. That's why, again, I love the whole tool, the assessment, because it is about um, being aware of where you are, where is your mindset, where you need to work in. Uh, it's like a phrase I say uh, in the chiropractic world, I always say we test, we don't guess. We want to test and see how your nervous system is functioning. I'm not going to guess it because uh, there's things I can use for good tools, but if I don't ever actually test it, then we're not aware of where you are. And yep. this is just right up that alley, which I really appreciate. Yeah, if we can measure, we could do something about it. I don't know about you, but but when I, I mean, I've looked back on my life and I've been on the negative side on all four of these continuums. And and in during those times, I was really frustrated because I wasn't able to get to the levels of success that I wanted to do. And I was trying as hard as I could um, to to change my thinking, to change my behaviors but I was overlooking my mindsets. And what I didn't realize in those moments was that even if I'm changing my behaviors, if my mindsets stay the same, my mindsets will continually resist the development that I'm trying to make. And so ultimately, if we want to improve ourselves, we've got to start at our mindset level. We've got to push those forward. And as we push our mindsets forward, our thinking, learning, and behavior will naturally follow, and so will our success. So if there's anybody who's listening that feels like they're just kind of hung up and they're not able to get to the next barrier, it's usually uh, a mindset thing. And if we can dive into our mindset, shift our mindsets, then we can plow right through that barrier. I couldn't uh, agree any more with you on that. So um, really great stuff. I highly recommend the listeners get get it checked out. Go do it. I promise you it's uh, well worth it. I love the tool because sometimes you just get tools and it just explains like, well, do this assessment and you get this score and this is what this score means and that's it. But you give a full detail of how you got here, how it's affect you and where you can go and you give suggestions for people, which I think is huge. Uh, awesome. So I want to commend you on that and appreciate that. I already looked at mine. I'm like, and I'm, you know, transparent with everybody. I have a fixed, I have a, a fixed growth mindset of 4.5. I was actually shocked when I saw it. I was like, what? I'm like, I'm usually in a growth mindset. What's going on here? But I'm like, you know what? Hold on. This is, I was tested. I got, I got to look at this and I'll do the work, what I have to do to break through it. So uh, appreciate this, this, the assessment and everything with it. No, for sure. I appreciate the plug. Um, so before we end, I always like to get people to, how can they reach you? How can they follow you? What's the best ways to get connected with you? Yeah, I think the best way is to go to my website. So that's ryangotfordson.com. Uh, and, and you can take the mindset assessment right there on the homepage. Uh, and then also, uh, follow me on LinkedIn or connect with me on LinkedIn is probably the second best place. Awesome. Ryan, I appreciate having you, having you on. This was a lot of, uh, a lot of information and material. And uh, I, I uh, think it's, it's going to serve the listeners well and get them excited, hopefully, to do the assessment, uh, uh, to really just be aware of where they are and then know how they can make these changes. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's really a pleasure. Keep uh, having a positive influence on, on the people that you're leading here. Appreciate Thank it. You. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate that. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For past shows, please visit www.empoweryourreality.com. I hope this show inspired you and added to your life to help you on the journey to rediscover who you really are. To connect with us on Facebook, please visit www.facebook.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. 
Check us out on Twitter. The handle is DrVic21. Follow us on Instagram, www.instagram.com forward slash DrVicManzo. If you were inspired by the podcast, pay it forward by sharing it with someone who you know can benefit from it. Thank you again for listening to the Mindful Experiment podcast, sharing paths to help you rediscover your infinite potential. Thank you.